As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. Entrepreneurs Enigma is a podcast for the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. So the wins and the fails that we all face being entrepreneurs, how we learn from adversity. Every week I talk to a different entrepreneur with a story to tell. I'm Seth Goldstein. Come with me on the journey. This is Entrepreneur's Enigma. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Entrepreneur's Enigma podcast. I am your host, Seth. With me is the podfather of podcasting. Well, pod, I can't use podfather because I think Adam Curry actually. Yeah, I'm definitely not. Words. I'm definitely not the podfather. I consider He's myself a pod geek. I'm a podcast good Samaritan. There you go. The podcast good Samaritan of the internet, Travis Brown. He is the pod deck king. That's what you can do that because you. that's kind of your thing. Yeah, I am the pod deck king. You're right. You are the pod deck king. I actually first found out about Travis from his videos on Instagram about, guess what, pod decks. Those who don't know what pod decks are, they are essentially playing card sized qu- cards with questions on it. And so it helps you kind of come up with your own questions. You can use his questions. I have one I use on every episode, which we'll ask Travis later, that I love. And it's like, it's the one I use. I mean, it was worth buying all the decks to find this one card. <laughs> this card is like, I'm going to frame it. Well, you got to check out the hustle deck in the app because that's a biz, that's an entrepreneurial business. I'll do that. I'll do that next. Okay. And we'll talk about the app too. That's very really cool. Not only does this guy do physical decks of cards, the guy has an app. How cool is that? <laughs> well, there, it's pretty cool, but there's a reason that I built the app and I can tell you why. Oh, absolutely. We're here at all. All right, Travis, give us a little background on you. Who are you? Who is Travis? Yeah. Who is school? All that good stuff. Who Who is Travis? So, Travis Brown is a guy who grew up in St. Louis, kind of a weird childhood, just a, a product of like divorces and stuff, which led me to my first escapism, which was creativity. So escaping my my family life, you know, I'm not a victim by any means, just uh, I think we naturally divorce Michigan. Yeah. So we, we naturally try to find escapes. And creativity became that thing for me, drawing, singing, all those things. And so uh, as I grew up, I was always attracted to making things like I always like I can remember back to like being like seven and trying to start a business with one of my friends. Like we should start a little business or we should start a band. And so it's always been something that's been in me is is the creator. Like, let's make something out of nothing. And then, you know, I grew up and I got into a band like a rock and roll band and 
course, then I got introduced to drugs and alcohol, and that was my new escape, right? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. So uh, did pretty well, like worked really hard, traveled the country, put out records, got a record deal. Got so I've still have wow. so, I still get royalty checks from songs I have on TV shows. Like oh wow yeah. So that's pretty wild. Was it the Travis Brown band? No, the band the band was called Split Habit. It was three of us, two me and two of my friends, and we made it to a point where it was just like we there was nothing else we could do ourselves we needed that record label the machine to like push us out and this is the truth about everything the music industry just like the podcasting industry isn't fair like the best podcasts in the world aren't always the ones that get heard by everybody Mm -hmm. but i'm really grateful that it didn't work out because it's led me to my current life so anyway i did the gypsy lifestyle toured the country slept on couches was broke one day i woke up and just decided i've had enough everybody else i know has a car and a condo and health insurance and i have zero dollars in the bank i feel like crap and I need to make a change. So I quit the band and I said, I'm going to get a real job, you know, like one of those real jobs. And so I got a cubicle job, the cubicle of hell. And I would drive to this office an hour there and an hour back. And so I started to use that time to turn my car into a mobile classroom. And I started listening to podcasts because I wanted to scratch that itch, that thing that was inside of me. So then I found podcasting and I was like, wow, a lot of these podcasts sound really bad. They sound like the audio quality is just so bad. Maybe I could early days. They were like ham radio. Yeah. And you know, everybody has to start somewhere, but I was like, the message is so good, but the audio is so bad. It's like watching a TV station that has fuzz on it, the static on it, you know? So I, I started to figure out podcasting myself. And then I ended up going to a mastermind meeting where I met a guy who said he was interested in podcasting. I said, let me do you a solid. Let me help you start this thing. And let me help you put it out into the world. He's still my client to this day. His name's Tom Reber. Um, he actually just got an HGTV show that is now aired through his podcast. Like that's oh wow. Yeah, that's the power of podcasting. So I never advertised what I did. I never really got on social media until recently to talk about podcasting. And it was just one person recommended to another person yeah. recommended to another person. And and then I had a business. I had an agency. And so nice. now all I do is obsess about podcasting. That's my whole life is Figuring out new ways to present the same idea in a different way to people to inspire them to create, grow an audience, and maybe even monetize that audience. Absolutely. And that's kind of where the Podcast Builders Club came out, right? Is that when it came out or is it a little bit later? Uh, Podcast Builder Club was this year. It was an opportunity. This is what I want to say. And this, this, might be, this might go against some of what other people, you know, mm-hmm. preach. But, like, I'm coursed out. I am coursed out. Like... I'm sick of making courses and I'm sick of buying courses. I want a little more connection to a person. And so when I started thinking about like, okay, well, I could do courses and that's fine and dandy, but I can see in in my dashboard that people don't ever finish the courses. I'm guilty of that. <laughs> we we all are. Like it's oh, not I'm so guilty. I've, yeah. I have access to your courses and I much rather talk to you or talk to Big Rob and the gang then yeah so so it's like how can we change the model and so podcast builder club was something that plays into one of my kind of like my diy brain which is like community like let's actually talk to each other and bring each other up so i tried to put a spin on courses and started the little mastermind groups where i could where i could get hands-on and kind of shake people up and try to get them towards their goals 
I mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us probably feel the same way. Like I'd be much happier if somebody I helped got more successful than me. And I know that sounds weird, but like the more success that I can get behind, the better I feel. Oh, absolutely. Not not the number in the bank account, not the, you know, people tell you about ROI and churn and all this crap. Oh, God, yeah. I'm looking at impact. That's my that's my KPI. And I feel like in my heart that I'm making an impact. And so I feel like what I'm doing is really good. It is. I can, I can vouch for it. You know, I've been following you for, I mean, I thought for longer than a year, but maybe not. But And I'm in your mastermind and I'm getting so much out of it and I'm loving it, you know, and the community is great. So you've done the musical entrepreneurship. You've done the corporate world, cubicle hell ship, I would call it. But now you're back to entrepreneurship. You married two kids, house in the burbs. Yeah. What is the scariest thing about this whole journey you're on? You know, the scariest thing is, I think, the anxiety of, am I doing enough? So I don't feel like I work a day of my life. Like, I will literally work from eight in the morning till 5 p.m., and I will do more than most people do in a week. And I still feel like, I'm not doing enough or touching enough people. And that's the scariest thing for me. Like if this all imploded and I had to start over again, I would be okay. I'd be like, I'll figure this out again. Because Mm -hmm. there's really just a, a few key things with entrepreneurship. It's like you have to build a community, listen to pain points and solve those pain points. And, you know, people buy from who they like, know and trust. So that's your community. And if you actually genuinely care about them, they will feel that. And they will tell you what they're struggling with. And then you can basically create a product that solves that problem. All good products solve a problem. So I think even if you blindfolded me and put me in a different state and said, hey, you got to start a business in this industry, I think I could probably figure it out based on the experiences I've had from not only the successes I've had, but more from the failures. Like this entrepreneurial journey wasn't my first. I've done a multitude of different projects that did okay, but weren't the, weren't like the big thing. So what, when I reflect on that, each one of those journeys taught me something that I'm now applying in this one. So, you know, the scariest thing possible would be that they take the internet away. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) Cause then, then then I've just got, I got a megaphone and I got to walk around and and talk to the world. You probably have a megaphone. I do have a, I do have a megaphone. If, if people don't know a little background on that, if people don't follow Travis Poddex on Instagram, the guy it has like the Muppet like wardrobe room <laughs> where it's like I don't like he has the most random stuff. He comes out on a reel and it's like, now why in God's green earth would Travis have that? I mean, it's great, it works for the video, but who has a space helmet that like 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 what? Then you crack up. First of all, you the first time you watched the reel, thank God I didn't do it twice. The first time you crack up laughing because you realize Travis is completely insane. <laughs> I and am. The second time, and like he's just having a blast, and you're enjoying that. And then the second time, you're like, wait, he actually said something? Let me listen again. And then you get to the, the, the meat of the matter. But the first time, you're like, what's this nut up to now? Amazon is a very dangerous place for me because I can oh find God. almost any prop that I need and get it delivered in a day. And now I have a drawer full of wigs and masks and props. But listen, I love, love making these like little short 
like films almost like I'd much rather like instead of me pointing at a bubble and dancing or doing what all the other trending people are doing I'm just like you know what what do I like well I I grew up on like kids in the hall and like Saturday Night Live and all these things and it's like I'm taking those influences into making something that that I'm really proud of I don't care if it gets a million views, it has to get a million bumps in my heart. It has to be like a million percent like, oh, this is definitely me. So I love it. And being a bald guy, it's easy to throw on a wig, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to learn that very <laughs> shortly. Very shortly. I'm, I'm learning. I can keep my hair at my side, my side of my hair short. And I don't get hat head anymore. It's, it's glorious. Yeah, it, that was probably the best thing I ever did was just start shaving my head. No worries about headphones, hats. Uh, it, it doesn't mess anything up. No, it's there's nothing to mess there's up. A side effect, but it's good. So you have two kids. Do they like to play in your prop closet too? Oh yeah, uh, my kids so are. Let them run around. My kids are 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 actually probably one of the best inspirations for me because Aww. I think what happens is like kids just don't have a filter. They color outside of the lines. They do whatever they want. Like I love the kids when they're done with something, they just drop it. It's like put this away. Now I'm just done with this. Drop this. They're so free, right? Yeah. And then something happens, and I'm gonna I'm gonna find out what year that is, how old they are, when the outside pressure takes away their freedom. And I think I, it's around third grade. My nine year old is he's still pretty free willed and still, still makes a mess, but he's definitely a lot more maturing. Okay, in a way. But the best thing is like people like you and me, we never quite grew up. Fuck the system. Yeah, and it's like like I'm forty, and I'm like. I don't feel like I'm 40. I feel like I'm a big furry kid. Yeah. I mean, so I like to look at them and go like, you know, if I can make them laugh with one of my pieces of content, then I know it's good because they're like, they really don't understand it, but it's making an impact on them. So I look at them and, you know, for every wig I buy, I get to chase them around in it and they think it's funny or they get to put it on. So they're a big part of the inspiration I have with podcasting, art, content, like, just being a person like you know i see kids like they don't discriminate against each other like we live in a very multicultural neighborhood in uh chicago on purpose because we want that exposure i've never heard my daughter or anybody say like i'll ask her what does your friend look like oh she has brown eyes brown hair never never talks about the skin color at all and i think that it doesn't even occur to them no no not not even remotely and brilliant so I think that we all need to find that inner child, especially like social media, like should be fun. I, I think yeah. like it shouldn't be all doom and gloom and seriousness. So put on a wig and, and make fun of yourself and see if your audience likes it. That's that's my thought process, because what's the alternative? You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Danielle Wiley hosts a great podcast called The Art of Sway. Danielle, tell us what you talk about on the show. The Art of Sway brings listeners inside the world of marketing as seen through the lens of influence. So each week I chat with an expert guest for a lively discussion about connecting ideas with audiences in an attempt to uncover all the ways influence impacts how and what we discover, purchase, and recommend to each other. Wow. And where can people subscribe? Go to theartofswaypodcast.com, find the show at marketingpodcasts.net, or search for The Art of Sway wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. We're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsors, and get right back to the show. All right. So we got to talk about what the scariest thing is about being an entrepreneur. What's the best thing? 
freedom mm-hmm. I, that that I get to choose my adventure every single day. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not working. That just means that I have the opportunity to say, "Hey, you know, today I'm a little tired. I'm gonna take a nap." Or I today, love that. I love those midday naps. Midday naps. Need to work later. I mean, it means that oh, that hour. I'm taking that hour from like tonight, putting it now because I'm not getting anything done for this next half an hour. I love it. Yeah. So. I guess the the sort of the freedom of I'm steering the ship and it's my job to get everybody where they're going, but I get I get to kind of pick my course. And I think that's what we all like, I think that's what really is underneath the desire to be an entrepreneur is to be able to say, you know, today I don't feel like doing this. It needs to get done and I'll get it done at some point, but I I, I choose to do this today, or I choose to not do anything today, or I choose to chase a new thing today. And I and that's exciting. You know, that's that's exciting. It is. And so I'm going to ask you about the origins of pod decks. But first, I'm going to ask you something from the pod decks, yeah. the interview deck, is what is the most important thing to carry, carry with you all the time? Now, you, now you can't say that's tough because you wrote the question. So. Yeah, I know all the answers, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. The, <laughs> it, the, the questions might be the same on pod decks, but the answer you get will always be Oh, this different. one's surprising me. Every, every, if people, since I've been asking this question, People are always surprising me with their answers. I'm going to go ahead and say my wedding ring, because if I don't wear my wedding ring, I feel naked. And my wedding ring represents obviously unity with my wife. And to me, it represents like my family. It's like I do have a lot of hopes and dreams, but I, I feel in my heart like I do put my family first. And that means... When people ask me to do podcast interviews, they're like seven o'clock at night. I'm like, sorry, I can't do that. I have, you know, I'm dedicated to dinner time, bedtime, bath time. And there's like almost nothing that can steal me away from that. So I would say like the obvious answer is like your phone because we're all addicted to our phones. But like I think anytime I take my wedding ring off, like even just for like just to like take a break from it, I feel as if something is missing. It feels as if it's almost like part of my finger. That might have been the weight I gained over quarantine that's just surrounding the ring now. Oh my God, it took me forever to take it off. I now wear it around my neck because I, I have my wedding ring, but it's around my neck because I have to wait, I have to get resized because, yeah. Eh, pandemic. Go Pan- yeah, it happened to everybody. The quarantine 15 to 30, that's what I'm calling it. Oh, no. Some people that I'm friends with got six packs. They went the opposite way. And hmm. I'm like, we all handle stress differently, don't we? So, all right, so pod decks, they are essentially playing cards for podcasting. Yeah. How in God's green earth did you come up with it? Total accident. Total accident. So I sold all my time through my podcast editing agency. So I was maxed out. And this is when I was doing everything all by myself. So I was working a full-time job and I was editing. uh, I can't remember exactly how many clients, but I got to the point where all I was doing was working. And I was like, okay, I can't take any more clients on. And people were still contacting me wanting to launch podcasts. So I'm like, okay, all the gurus say build a course, sell while you sleep, that whole thing. So I spent six weeks making this like, uh, it was called Shortcut to Podcasting. It was a, an Im- immersive course about how to launch a podcast from zero to hero. And one of my favorite authors, Alan Dibb, wrote a book called One Page Marketing Plan. Highly recommend it for everybody. But in that, he talks about the lumpy envelope strategy, where if you receive something in the mail, that you didn't expect, and it's in a lumpy envelope. It's the first thing you'll open, and if it, if it surprises and delights you, it does something really amazing for your relationship with your customers. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to sell this course. I'm going to make it a medium ticket item, and when people buy it, I'm going to send them a deck of cards of questions that I have 
that I just called friends questions. I used them at dinner parties. I used them. There was a notes on my phone and people would always tell me like, wow, like this was so fun. You're amazing. You're like the host of a, the Tonight Show all because awesome. I asked questions and listened to their answers and had a conversation. So I sold a few courses and mailed out the decks and then it stopped. No one was buying any courses. And so I started uh -oh. to freak out and I'm like, hey, by the way, if you buy this course, you get this deck of cards. And I was trying to use that as another tool in my marketing campaign. Well, what happened was people were emailing me saying, hey, I don't want the course. Can, can I just buy the decks? And I was like, nah, I'm not, a, I'm not, this is not, this is a bonus. This is, I'm not a deck company. And then another email and another email and another email. And so I said, you know what? This is obviously something people want. So I took the minimal viable product strategy and just, I was like, what could I call this? Okay, podcasting, deck of cards, pod decks. Okay, pod decks. And I pressed. And the domain name was available. <laughs> the domain name was available. Pressed 10 decks. It cost a fortune because if you don't buy anything in bulk, you're paying more for print printing. But it was a test. I was like, let's see if other people want this. Is this a fluke? So I pressed like 10 decks. I made a little ad on my phone and put it on Instagram and sold out like instantly, almost instantly. Wow. And so I was like, that can't be right. I don't know how to do social media ads. Let's try this again. So I ordered 100, ran the same ad, and sold out in a day. And I was like, okay. Now you got to start buying bulk and skinny. Yes. <laughs> but my belief with businesses is I don't ever take seed money or investors or any of that stuff. I like to do the DIY, like, I call it parlaying a business, where I'll take a little bit of money and I'll invest it, like my money. Let's say it's 500 bucks. And then I take all the profits that come in off that and I reinvest it and I reinvest it and I reinvest it. Instead of taking money out of the business and buying dumb stuff, like that's what no, most honestly, all the dumb stuff you want, you can buy it through the business. Also true, but like I think <laughs> most people just take money out and then they fritter it. And, and in the beginning stages of any business, you really need that reinvestment into it to potentially get the money later on. So, Absolutely. yeah, so then Poddex became a thing. And the cool thing for me was, unbeknownst to me, I had created a Blue Ocean product. Like it's not an, it's not an innovative product by any means. But I created this new opportunity for podcasters to gamify their podcast, to awesome, you know, have more fun with the podcast, not have to put so much pressure to research, and they could have a little more spontaneity. And so to my surprise and delight, uh, last year I've sold thousands of pod decks all around the world, and I get, I pe I get people that email me and say, hey, listen, I uh, took these on a date, and it wasn't going well, and I put them... I picked them out and then we got a second date going so like the communication the yeah the communication part portion of it is is really cool too like yes it's marketed to podcasters but you could use it in any setting you could use it with family and friends you could use it on a date the real magic that happens is you ask somebody a question that they don't always get asked they give you an answer and you talk about it and you learn things about people and that's the key to charisma you want to have charisma ask somebody a question listen to their answer and then remind them of their answer at some point. That's called charisma. Or that's called, I don't know what that, maybe it's not charisma. Maybe that's another word, but that's chutzpah. A, chutzpah. Yeah, that's what everybody wants. And they, they try to figure it out. And it's like, people want to be heard, hear them, yeah. acknowledge them. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So Travis, best place to find you. I know the answer, but they, the audience doesn't. But the best place to find you. Well, I'm pretty much all in on Instagram. And 
I just want to share this with you all. I used to try to be everywhere and it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's not the juice ain't worth the squeeze, baby. Pick your favorite platform yeah. and go all in on it. My favorite platform is Instagram because I think I'm just of that age and I think I'm just better. I'm able to create what I want on Instagram. Um, so that's where you can find me. And I follow back. I send audio messages. I engage. I you know, if you hit me up there, you're hearing from me. You're not hearing from a social media team. I make all my content. It's my, it's my little world. So I would love to meet you. That's at Poddex. Yeah. All one word, no dots, because Instagram every once in a while puts dots in things, and it really ticks me off. Yep, just P-O-D-D-E-C-K-S. Super easy. That's easy. Awesome. And then, and then check out Podcast Builders Club on Facebook. Yeah, so I have a, a free yeah. community yes. that is, in my opinion, the best podcasting group in the world because we keep it really clean. And it's, it's not about dropping your show link. It's about connecting and collaborating with other podcasters, your peers. Mm -hmm. And so I do a lot of trainings in there. I do a lot of giveaways. I, you know, I'm just, community to me is everything, like this fabric of people that are all working towards the same goal. So we got that. And then, of course, we have the Poddex app. So if you yes. don't want to carry around a bunch of decks in your pocket, this is brilliant. Or if you buy pod decks, you can unlock your decks in the app digitally for free. Ooh. So um, I want you to have your questions with you at all times. And, and, and the deck, or excuse me, the app really came from uh, a friend of mine, uh, a colleague of mine. She is in social media marketing. And I was, we were at a podcast convention. And I was talking to her. I took her to lunch and I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, trying to figure this all out and she's like dude someone's gonna steal this idea from you and she was saying it in a way like to get me motivated but it really made me think like yeah any big company could just come in with you know hundreds of thousands of dollars that i don't i'm not investing like in hallmark this. even yeah yeah anybody could just come in and just make another version of it which which in the end wouldn't make me stop doing what i'm doing but there is that you chance just put the original in front of it yeah, the original. Yeah, exactly. You say the original. Yeah, That's Travis's original pod decks. Yeah. So I started to think about, well, if they didn't do cards, what, what would they do to potentially put me out of business? And I, and I immediately thought, they'd make it a mobile app. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as I, that dawned on me, I said, okay, this is a big part of business. I need to think about how I can put myself out of business. And so my friend Kyle, one of my best friends, he's a web developer, and I, he was at my house, and I said, hey, do you think you could make a mobile app? And he's like, I think so. And he started working on it, and I kind of drew it out. I sketched it out. I'm like, this is how I see it working. There's a library of decks. You're swiping cards like with your finger. And he's like, okay. And he brought me version one, and then we optimized it and optimized it until we had a full-blown, amazing, beautiful working app. And I thought when we launched this app, Seth, that no one would ever buy a deck of cards again. No, people, I, honestly, you know, I prefer to actually hold the card, the card yeah. in my hand. It sits on my desk every day. Reminds me of Travis. Aww. <laughs> Poor but guy. It also, it's, it's also could do so many freaking podcasts during the week. It's just there. I don't have to go sifting through the deck to find it. Yeah. You know, but I like something about, I'm 40. I, I like, like all the books behind me. Yeah. I'm getting into Kindle books, but I still like a physical book. Yeah. And, and that was something that I didn't realize. And so I'm thinking I'm putting myself out of business. And all I did was I multiplied my output by thinking about how would someone else with a huge budget, instead of thinking, instead of feeling the lack of that, 
I took the reins and I rode the horse up the mountain. And now I have two businesses mm. off of the same business. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, in, in the mobile app world, first app, you know, never thought I'd have an app. And now I'm an app developer. So it's kind of cool. It's, it's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, very cool. All right, Travis, this has been great. Thank you for coming on. Can I ask your 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 listeners just yeah. one favor before we go? Yeah, absolutely. Listen, Seth is an amazing dude, and he puts out really great content, and he puts a lot of work into this podcast. He puts out a lot of podcasts. So what you could do for me is simply just go after the show and leave him a review if there's a place you can leave a review, whether that's Apple Podcasts or his website. But it takes two minutes. Give him a, a five-star and write something nice because podcasters don't get a lot of feedback from their audience. So if you actually are enjoying this or you've ever enjoyed this podcast, just go drop a line because it's going to fill up Seth's cup all the way to the top. He's going to be recharged to come back next week to bring you that content. And it's the simplest thing you could do. It's the golden rule of the internet, right? If you enjoy something, try to do something to pass it along. So that's all I ask of your audience. Well, thank you, Travis. It's been awesome. Thanks for coming on, buddy. You're the best, Seth. I love you, man. hopes you have enjoyed this episode you may know you're listening to this show along the marketing podcast network but did you know there are other great shows on mpn to help your business steve turney hosts a great podcast geared toward mental health marketers called the boost steve tell listeners what you cover on the show the boost is our podcast and the tagline is conversations with people promoting mental health and that's what it is so it's marketers company executives therapists and mental health advocates talking about what they're doing to move this industry and this important thing called mental health forward amazing and where can people subscribe I'm big on LinkedIn, so you can find us there, just uh, slash Steve Turney, or you can find the show at marketingpodcasts.net, or search for The Boost wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.